Hello, all. This is Blonde-Haired Girl. I find it really challenging to keep things new, <laughs> to um, come up with more material. Um, I, you know, I don't even know how many episodes I put out in the last three years, but a lot. <laughs> but it just seems like I, I come back to the same things. Um. <clears throat> the same things like the the details in in this process that just that just ah oh god you know trip me up so i don't know what's gone on with me and maybe nothing is but it's been a rough week uh with my new job And I I can't I can't quite figure out what exactly is going on, but I I guess I feel like I've grown soft. It's like I'm really soft. <laughs> and um and and just having to interact with people who are not. You know, they um, they have a different personality and a different way about them, and they're they're not soft. They're um very very direct, and at times it feels like almost humiliating, is one way, and then also, um. Like yesterday, something happened, and it felt like it felt like a like a dagger. It felt like a physical attack, and, and so I'm gonna. I don't really want to get into huge details, but but yesterday, um. So what I do is I work with children in schools. These are elementary. Elementary age, so between kindergarten to the fifth grade, and I, I am a mental health counselor. So I go into the schools, and I'm, I'm I don't work for the schools. I work with the schools, but I work for a different agency. And so I go in, and I take the child out of class to, to spend time with them. And right now, I'm really in the get-to-know-them phase. I mean, it doesn't mean that it, I'm not I'm trying to work on things because with some of these kids, um, it's imperative that I get in there and try my best to make a change because uh, things are not going well and they may, God forbid, get expelled from the school. I mean, it's some of them, it's pretty, you know, so... So yesterday I had taken the student who had he's he's like this this person is so you know it's like I just love all of them. I just love them. I, I it's really interesting this part of me that I I spend time with these children and I just you know 
sometimes fall in love with them. I just like, wow, you are really something. Um, and um, the, so this child has poked his head in because my, my door was open. And he had poked his head in and he said, are you going to be getting me today? Because I normally get him on Tuesdays and I didn't. This week has been weird. I've had a weird week. And um, so I, I go I go in to try to get him and he's not in the classroom. And then I go in again and I get him. And then I'm, I'm putting my notes in and I get this email. <clears throat> You know, that I'm basically disrupting the class and these are the times that I can see this child and only for like 30 minutes. I'm not supposed to be taking this child out for more than 30 minutes in the future. Normally, my visits, especially with that child, he really, he really um, is very engaged and he really likes these visits and I <laughs> I I gotta tell you I was just so um and it wasn't even just the note it was the way it was written but I knew that it was because this person is busy I knew that the note was direct because this person is busy and I don't know that the teacher was meaning to be in some ways rude, you know, I don't know. I don't know what what went on with this behind the scene, but it, regardless, it felt, I don't know how to describe this, but it was like, so here are your times. You get to pick one. It's half the time that you normally see this child and and this needs to be a permanent change. And I was, I, I mean, it's like there's no negotiating. Um, and I may, I may write a note back and, and try to negotiate something. Um, because I, I don't really want to be boxed in with these children um, <laughs> that way. Um, and maybe I can arrange something where this child just leaves class at this time at the, you know, and there's no disruption to the class. We can work something out that way. But anyway, so, so (laughs) I, I get in the car and, and there's all this stuff going on for me. It's like, I'm really aware. I'm very self and introspective. And I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing. Like maybe I'm way too obsessed with myself. I don't know. Maybe I need to just get off myself for a minute, but it's like, it's not even that I'm, that I feel like I'm generally meaning to be, but I, I'm, 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 this is an attempt to just be a happier person. Like, I just want to be a happy person generally. And so I I get hooked on my moments of unhappiness. Like, okay, so what is going on right now for me? And that, and that particular email, um, 
what it did was it it there, there it was fraught with all kinds of things like 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 you're not wanted like you know you're you're interrupting your your um you're not doing something correctly you're doing something incorrectly you're uh i don't know it had just all kinds of like um of these general themes that i think are just a problem for me like that i've had a problem with like my whole life it's it's not this it's not like a, normally like if, if if it had been about something else i don't know that i would have been as upset but it was it hit that i guess wound that I'm not generally aware of and that I'm not generally thinking about, but I got the impression, I think, before I can even remember that I wasn't wanted by somebody in my family. I think it came from somebody in particular who did their absolute damnedest to make me feel unwelcome, unloving, unlovable, and that I was not even worth being alive. And I know how extreme that sounds, but I, it's just my belief that this is what happened before I can even remember. So my whole life, you know, and I'm, I'm attempting to change this belief, <laughs> you know, in my older age, but I mean, it's like I I have to square off with this. That you're not even worthy to be alive. And so, so when somebody, you know, and this person didn't mean to, and I, I know the person who wrote the letter the the email was busy. It's just busy. <laughs> so I come home and I have this level of like I don't know how to describe it, but it just sort of like it was like a a like a literal black cloud just sort of like descended upon me. And I, I was just kind of sitting and I, I was like, wow. They, and this is, this was the state of mind that I spent a whole lot of years in. I don't live there anymore, but for years, I had this, this sense of, of, dread about even life. And so I I was like, okay, what am I going to do with this? And so I did a lot of self-talk. I was just sitting there. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get through this. You know, this is just a moment. I just need to keep going. I, 
you know, almost the sense of also just fighting it. It's like doing something different. You know, if we just continue to go down that rabbit hole of dread and and leave ourselves in that situation, I mean, it's just, it's like, okay, no, I'm not, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole of dread. You know, and then all these thoughts start to come in my mind also. I just want to tell you that, I, like, it was this feeling of stuckness that I that I, that I, oh God, I just like, I just, I talk about this all the time that I have this desire for this, this life. And, and, and in this moment yesterday of dread, it was like that life is never coming. That life is never coming. And so just forget about it. You know, just started to like, ugh, just land on me like a a mist of 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 really heavy negative. I don't know, just descended on me, and and then I was even with that. It's like you know what? Okay, here's the thing. I believe in these principles that I talk about more than I believe in anything else, which is why sometimes I find it strikingly strange that my new life has not come into my physicality, but I believe in it. I believe in it as sure as everything that I'm just standing here, that I'm, I believe in it. I believe in that dream, in that life. It's like I know it. I know it's there, you know, the seeming promised land, you know, the land of milk and honey. It's like, I believe in it. And, and then sometimes I think, okay, okay. So when I'm in the land of milk and honey, things like this are still going to happen. People are going to, to, even in that state, you know, it's like, I I keep, I keep like, like this, this somehow there's going to be this, this world where people are never rude to me again, or they, I don't know what I'm thinking because I have to change. I have to change and I am changing. And I think, I think one of the things that happens for me is that people mistake me for someone else because of the way that I am, because I'm soft, because I'm kind, because I'm gentle. They mistake these characteristics for weakness. And so I am, in essence, weaker in some people's eyes than I've ever been. But they don't know me. (laughs) They don't know me from Eve. They don't know a thing about me, except it's through their lens that I talk softly and I don't rush and I, and I, 
And I'm not always comfortable doing new things with somebody staring at me. And, and, and I know that I'm being, you know, but I refuse in some ways to, to bend myself into a pretzel to prove to them who I am. Like there's a part of me, I don't care that you think I'm weak. That's on you that you've mistaken my gentleness for weakness. That's on you, not on me. But I also have to change in the sense of, of, so I've talked about this over and over again, this idea of the honeymoon effect that, that I'd heard about by Bruce Lipton. He, he, I guess he wrote a whole book about it where you fall so in love with your life that these kinds of things just don't bother you. They just don't. Like, like you would be unaffected by the seemingly rude, rude comment. And so, and so does this mean that I'm not in love with my life? And I have to tell you, I, I, this is a challenge for me so much because I'm in love with that life that has not come into my physicality. I'm also in love with the life that I have, but I have to tell you there, I, I cannot, I don't know how to word this because I know it's like, I'm just being real here that I don't want somebody to feel, fill a void in me, but, but there is, there is a, a, there is something in my life that I am, am missing that that I alone cannot fill. I cannot fill the the void of having like a partner in my life. I can't. I can't fill that. I I mean, I feel like a lot of times I love myself. I care for myself. I I do a lot of things for myself as far as I, you know, I I'm it's not that I that I don't think that I love myself. Um, but, but like I don't know how to describe this, but it's like it's it, there is a sense of it kind of being lacking because it's so much fun to love someone else. I mean. Like, it's nice to love myself, but it's like, it's so much fun to love someone else. And I do love, I love a lot of people. I have a lot of people in my life that I love, that I, you know, I, I got stuff going on. And, um, and, and it's not that I don't love people, but I mean, it's just different. It is just different having somebody 
sleeping next to you in bed. Somebody that you care so much about their welfare. You care about their welfare like you care about your own or more so. To to desire them happy. I mean, knowing that you can't make them happy, but like you can do things that they like. You know, I'm putting my attention towards someone. And even though I know I'm putting someone, my attention towards someone, it, it, you understand what I mean. You know, and then some people, they just want to say, um, they want to say, you know, that, you know, you have to be completely filled on your own. <laughs> you have to be completely independent, you know? And then like other people say, oh, you're, you're too much in your masculine. You're you basically, you're not needy enough for a man. Like, I don't like people and their preposterous advice. Like, I mean, I just feel like bugger off, you know? I, I just, uh, I mean, yesterday I was driving in my car to my my job. I'm driving in my car and I'm, I, I mean, I just have to, like, there is a an unfulfilled part of me that I feel like I have not had the opportunity to practice into something really amazing with somebody who would want something really amazing. They, this part of my life, you know, and I've been trusting, you know, in God and trusting in myself and all of this, you know, and then sometimes I'm just like, you know, girl, it's, it's been, you know, another four years. been another four years of being single that I had nine before that. No, I'm not sure. No, not nine. Oh, yeah, seven. <laughs> I've been like, you know, a certain percentage of my life I've been single as an adult. And it's been chosen. I've chosen to do it this way. And here's the thing. It's like I would rather be single than be in a bad relationship. I would rather be single than be miserable with someone. I would rather be single than be fighting with somebody. I mean, there's a whole lot that I would rather be single And, and so it's like, I, I, I had this, I mean, where this actually came from was the passing of my niece. My niece passed away in 2012 and she, and she, it was at that moment that I was like, I will never settle for anything less. She she had this life partner. We don't really know what would have happened had they lived, but they both died on a motorcycle in a motorcycle accident. And 
it was it was a massive loss and trauma for me. Um, and that coupled with that I'm never going to settle for less. And so I, I would date, you know, and I, I, I think maybe in that time I had dated somebody for like a couple of months and the writing was on the wall that that just wasn't going to work. Um, I was, um, I, I, I go into things with my, my eyes really wide open and, um, and really not, I mean, not that I don't know how to word this because I'm, I'm an incredibly romantic person. Incredibly romantic. I, I really am. However, um, I, I would keep my eyes just wide open and and I would see things that I, and I really had no desire to change someone. Um, and so when I would see these things that I felt like would be, would impede the relationship that I was actually looking for, I, I was, I was just out out I mean like um and then I met this this one guy and I don't know I you know it's like I really think that that was he was really meant to be somebody very special in my life but he couldn't he <laughs> It was almost as if he was multiple people. And he he just um decided that he couldn't you know, and so he he chose a certain part of his personality. And and I I had to leave. I actually had to leave that relationship. I had to leave. I didn't really have a choice. I didn't really want to leave, but um, the writing was on the wall. I started to see signs of things, and I left. And and looked back just a tiny bit, and and then those signs got worse. I mean, just and I and I. And I left. And 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 I'm I'm you know I, I I drive along and I think about this person sometimes, and I'm just really glad that he wanted me gone and that I left. I'm I'm glad that we are not together. <clears throat> I am really glad that it ended. I am, I'm a lot happier actually outside of that relationship than I was in it, but I didn't know that when I was in it, but parts of that relationship really set a precedent for what I would be looking for And it was like the things that I liked about that relationship, like, um, 
that we had a lot in common and we, and we just talked a lot and I thought he liked me. I did. I thought he liked me like he knew me and I thought he liked me. <clears throat> now I don't know that he really liked me, but, um, <clears throat> and more so I liked myself. I liked who I was. I, I, I liked myself with him. Um, but I have no regrets about it, it ending. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that that relationship ended. And then since then, I, you know, I, <laughs> I mean, it's just been, um, one of, one of the guys that I, that I, and this guy, like, it seems like he really, I think that guy actually really does care about me, but he had texted me the other day and asked me to sushi. You want to go get sushi? Like this guy knows like, right. Mm, yeah. Knows exactly. And in with me through my stomach. <laughs> if I buy her a meal, she'll want to hang out, you know? And I was like, and it became very quickly that this wasn't his friends. And I, so I kind of called him out on it. And I was like, you know, I don't think you and I can be friends. And he's like, of course we can. And I'm like, no, no, we can't be friends. And, um, <laughs> and I, and I, I, I turned him down and then he like sends me like all these, like what I perceive to be like crazy texts. Like he said something like the perfect relationship that like we had the perfect relationship and and i and i and i just i really haven't explained myself to him like but it it was so far from perfect i just can't like it was um like he has no idea how far from perfect that it was for me which leads me to the fact that that this person was not very in tuned with me at all to know um, that I, you know, and then I had no desire to change him, you know, or have a conversation. Like, you know, it's like I know that somebody is not, you know, <laughs> is not, but, you know, like maybe they would. Maybe they would, like, like, meet all the boxes. Maybe there's a guy who would meet all the boxes, you know, would, would, you know, just the way that his personality is, the way that his lifestyle is, would, would be a good match for me. And, and that we would just be happy together and have a really good friendship and have a really good, you know, I mean, I believe in that. And so that I don't, you know, that I can be honest, you know, that um, about the things because like, you know, like sometimes stuff, you know, I, I just feel like the right person, I, I wouldn't, I would let a whole hell of a lot of stuff go. 
I don't know. <clears throat> you know, it's like some people acted as though I was impulsive with the guy that I, I actually ended up marrying that guy. Um, not this, this one that I was just talking about, but the one before. Um, and, and, um, I can't remember where I was going down with that. I I can't remember and it doesn't even matter, but so this is an area of my life, basically, generally that I'm, that I, and there's all these things that go on with me regarding it, like that, you know, starting to not believe that there is someone, starting to not believe that there is someone, um, uh, just feeling like, you know, I guess it sort of hits on that and that I'm not lovable, that I'm not attractive, that I'm not, you know, all these things, like, I don't know, it's like, I can't, you know, that my pool of men is very small, which is a belief of mine. Like Abraham Hicks would say, you have, you have millions of potential partners out there, you know, which, which, you know, I really honestly makes no sense to me, especially coming from Esther Hicks, because I mean, she met Jerry and it was, they were together for, I think like 30 years and they and they they just adored each other and 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 she said they never had a quarrel they never argued in 30 years that they had each other's back they had a camaraderie they were in a similar they they just were really really sweet couple and so like were there a million jerrys out there like like i just I really have a hard time with that. I just don't know that that's actually true, a truth. Not that I necessarily believe there's just one person, you know, like people talk about, you know, it's like, I think all this twin flame, I mean, I call it BS. I don't believe in that. Um, But I do think that there can be people that, and, and, and I think we can love people that aren't our soulmate. You know, I've had men in my life that I've loved, but they weren't my mate, really. It was kind of a mismatch. And I spent years with them in a mismatched relationship. It just didn't go down for me that way. Uh, Or there is something in me that that I, I, uh, you know, continue to grapple with. Um, but I, so I do, I have this very, um, belief, I have this belief that could be bogus, that there is a very small pool for me. And then like, it goes back down to my geography and where I'm actually physically living and all of this, like I, there's a part of me that doesn't believe any of it. I, I believe in the goodness of God to deliver to me the desires of my heart and 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 in this waiting i just wait i just literally wait because i believe that it will come to me that he will come to me i believe i believe that 
And so I guess the point is, is, is the waiting time going to be a joyful time or is it going to be miserable? And then it begs the question, am I even going to really enjoy it when it gets here? If, if it was a miserable ride, like, do you get out of the misery when you get into the relationship? So basically I'm just trying to be happy. My goal is just happiness, is just to be happy, just to be a happy person. <clears throat> and so there are there are things that are going on in my life right now that are bumping me out of my happy place. And and okay, so here's the thing. I I've grown soft. I am being affected sometimes by the things outside of myself in a negative way. Sometimes overboard to the point where I'm like really, really upset about it. Um, and it seems in those moments that I am not as in love with my life as I would like to be. And part of the reason why I'm not as in love with my life as I would like to be is because I am not yet in the new life that I am desiring. <laughs> okay, so I believe that the point is for me to just like literally get happy. To get happy, to just be happy, to... to to do so on the way home from from the school yesterday I was like okay what can I do for myself and I was like thinking because you know the weight of my heart is my stomach so I'm sitting there going okay maybe I should stop off for some of those sugar-free chocolates or maybe I should go get something to eat and then I even thought maybe I should go get some alcohol <laughs> treat myself to something that I would really enjoy um you know, it's like doing something different in a moment like that. Rather than just going down this rabbit hole of despair. And so there it is. Um, there it is. I, I'm, I'm spilling the tea again. <laughs> anyway, I appreciate you all so much. Um, I noticed I had gone through, they've changed Acorn, um, which is, no, it's Acre, Anchor, um, that I do all my podcasting on, and they've changed the, like the, they've changed the graphics or the format or whatever, and this stuff like pops out at me all the time. The analytics, it goes straight to the analytics, and I'm like, oh my God, and I don't really like that. I don't really want to see my analytics 15 times a day. Um, but I, so I got to see like every single one of my top podcasts have the name David Ike in them. Every single one of my top ones have the name David Ike in them. I told you guys in one of my recent podcasts, it's like, not that I don't like David Ike, but it, it just, I guess that, that, you know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I do need to hire somebody, a digital marketing person. Um, 
if I really want my podcast to get out to the broader audience. Because I think what's happening is when I'm putting his name in it, it is it is putting out, you know, to people who are interested in David Icke content, um, where the other ones that don't have any names in them, um, but even ones that have other people's names in are not my top ones, which is interesting. Um, his is the top one. <laughs> anyway, I just think it's interesting, but... Um, but I just wanted to share that. Anyway, I appreciate you guys and I'll be back with other ideas. And that's a wrap.